Hey guys, welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. Sorry there has not been episodes recently. I have been traveling, I've been so busy, and I've been focusing on other areas of business, but we are back on track. I have a podcast for you guys today with the amazing Brie Shook. She is a food freedom coach, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. She has so much awesome information and just So it was such an incredible conversation. I was so excited when I finished it. I was like, I need to edit and upload this right now. Um, So we will be back on track with more regular podcasts. Um, I'm super excited for some of the people I'm interviewing. And I just wanted to say thank you for everyone who's continued listening, has reached out, and has just continued to support the podcast because I really do love this. It's so much fun for not only me, but the people that I interview and for you guys as listeners. So That is all I have today, and I just want to say thank you again, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Evolve Your Life podcast. I have Brie, is it Brie Shook? Am I saying that right? Okay. Um, Brie Shook here. I actually started following her on Instagram only a few weeks ago because I saw one of her, it was a tweet that she screenshotted and put on her profile. She does that often and it really resonated with me. I read it and I was like, yes, this is literally, this is what I'm thinking in my brain and I didn't know how to put it into words and she just did it for me. And so I followed her and I've been sending my clients her her posts and stuff. And it's just, it's incredible. And I'm so excited to have her here today to talk to you guys about food freedom. Cause I know it's a topic that everybody is talking about and is trying to achieve and it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. So before we get into that, I want to hear from Brie and let her tell you about her background, how she got to where she is and just kind of update us on who you are. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening. I freaking love Gabby. I've just met her through Instagram and I was just like, this is going to be perfect. So I'm so honored to be here. And yeah, a little bit about me. So I'm a food freedom coach. I work with women who just want to have healthier relationships with food. And that all started because I had a super messy relationship with food. I feel like you want to work with someone who really gets it and understands and who can, who has been able to like pull themselves out of that situation. Um, So a little bit about me, I grew up in Connecticut and Now I live in New Jersey with my boyfriend, big Italian family, lots of great, amazing food and homemade wine. So that is awesome. It definitely helped me with my food freedom journey, being able to live with him. And so when I grew up, my parents got divorced when I was in second grade. And this really was such a pivotal point in my relationship with food because my dad was like a fast food junkie and like sugar cereal, like hoarder. Like we had all the sugar cereals at his house. And then my mom is like the total opposite. She had like all organic baby food for me, like healthy foods, like always cooked at home, ate lots of vegetables, all that kind of stuff. And so I would flip between these two houses growing up. So I learned like with my mom that like this food was good and like dad's food was bad. So then you're going through growing up saying like, but I like that delicious bad food. So like, I'm a bad person for eating that food. What's wrong with me? I shouldn't want it. Like I should only eat healthy and I'm trying to eat healthy based on what my mom taught me. But then I would go to my dad's house and I didn't know what to eat. I'm like, what do I order from McDonald's? Like I would try to order a salad. And then if I got crispy chicken instead of grilled chicken, I felt bad. And I was, I would always have so much guilt and like shame around eating these foods and That really carried with me throughout high school, throughout college, into like my 20s now. 
because you're trying to navigate this world of like taking care of your body, yet you love delicious foods and enjoying delicious foods. And you want to be able to eat what everyone else eats. And you're like sneaking foods because you don't want to, you don't want people to see you eating these things. Like you're supposed to be healthy. You should feel bad for eating them. And so this led into like binge eating because I would hide what I was eating. It was all very like emotional driven. And I had a lot of just insecurities about my body. Um, I grew up, my mom ended up moving in with her boyfriend and he has two daughters. They were very much like opposite body types as me. I would always get this belly called, we called it in my family, the Murphy belly. Cause like everyone has this, which I guess like now after talking about it is like super common. A lot of people have like these insecurity body types, um, from their families, just genetically passed down lifestyle, whatever. Um, So I was just really insecure about my stomach. That was like the worst part of it for me. And yet my stepsisters, totally skinny, supernaturally like fit, athletic looking. And I was just like, if I could only eat like them, like they they ate so intuitively, we would go out for dinner and she would order the same pasta dish as me. And she'd like eat, you know, half of it and feel fine. And I could like finish my dish. And then I would be like, let's go out for ice cream. You know, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, this is why my body is not the way I want it to be. And I would blame food. And then I had all these insecurities growing up around food. And then it all just added up to me then wanting to lose weight and diet. So when I was in high school, things got a little bit better um, because I was more athletic. I was doing sports. I played soccer, lacrosse, cheerleading. Like I did all the things. I loved it. And that helped me. That was like junior and uh, freshman and sophomore year of high school were probably the best body image years that I had. Um, cause I felt more in control of my life. I wasn't like going back and forth between my parents' houses as much. So I was able to make my own decisions. And then once I got into college though, and I started drinking, you know, you're living at school and you're not, you don't have access to like the same kind of foods. Everything is different. You're not really sleeping that great. Um, so at the end of freshman year, I was like, you know, I got to change things because I'm at my heaviest. I don't feel good about myself. This is just totally not good for me. So I wanted to get healthy and I started working out and it was first, it was great. And then sophomore, junior, senior year of college, by the time I graduated college, I was at my lowest weight and I was extremely miserable. I was way too skinny and I hated my body still. And I couldn't continue to live my life that way because it was not good for me mentally, emotionally, physically. I couldn't I was like, like all of my relationships were suffering. There were just too many things that were not the way I wanted it. So it was not worth it to me to have that body. So that's when I started going on my food freedom journey. That's when I started learning about releasing that control around my food because this obsessive behavior around my workout schedule, the foods I was eating was not allowing me to live a life that I wanted to live. And that's why I went into health coaching and wanted to change that for myself and for other people so that they could realize that like, Hey, you're in charge of your life and you're allowed to do whatever makes you happy. It doesn't have to be a certain set of rules. You just have to do you. Yeah. Wow. There's, I'm like sitting here, like in my head, trying to remember all the things I want to ask you right now. Um, (laughs) But I want to first start by asking what was your major in college? So like, were did you always know you kind of wanted to do something with health or was this something that more so as you kind of took on your personal journey, you were like, man, I want to help people like with this also. Cause I'm seeing that it's a problem with so many women. Yes. That's a great question. And honestly, when I first went into college, it was, 
I applied, I was going to apply to school um, for education. I want to be a teacher. And then right when I was submitting my application, I changed my major to business because I was like, I don't know if I'm really cut out to be a teacher because I love, I love, like, that's why I became a coach long story short, because I loved being able to work one-on-one with people and helping people and really just the education part I loved, but I couldn't figure out what I would teach if I would become a teacher. Like I knew I wanted to work with older children or older adults and not like younger kids. So I didn't want to go into school to teach all the grades because I wanted to work, you know, with older, older kids. And so then I was like, you know what, then I shouldn't be a teacher. If I can't pick, like, I'm not going to be a social studies teacher. I'm not going to be a math teacher. So then I changed to business because I was like, I can basically do anything from business. Um, and then, so I went to school for marketing and, but as I got more interested in health, I was like, darn, I really wish I had be, you know, gone into a health related fields. But at that time it was like sophomore, junior year. And I had no science credits because I was a business major. So I was like, let me just finish my school because I don't want to rack up any more debt. And so I graduated from business school and I enrolled in the uh, health coaching program. And that's how I got into health coaching because then I was able to do my education with um, also my business degree. And that way I could have the experience to run my own business and I could still work as a, in a capacity as a coach with people. Yeah, no. And I, I can tell you from someone who was in a health field and now does a very similar business to you, I wish I would have done business and done it the way you did. So you should be like, be really proud of yourself and happy you did it the way you did. I love, I was public health and health promotion and I love it, but I like the business side of it is so much more essential And when you're, when you love health and fitness, you learn about it and you learn about the topics and the things that you want to, there's so many things that I, I learned that I'm like, I know I'm never going to use ever again. And there, and there's so many certifications and stuff that you can do now with health and the business side of things I think is so essential, especially marketing now that it's, I mean, it's changed because of social media, but, um, I think you did it in a really, really good way. Um, my second question that was like screaming at me at the end of your little story was what were your first like actionable, tangible steps when you were kind of like, okay, Brie, something needs to change. You are obviously not happy with your relationship with food. You've been struggling. Like, where do we go from here? Cause I think that's where most people struggle there. They know that they have a messed up relationship with food. They know that they feel guilty when they eat quote unquote bad foods or they, they have like a list of foods that they're scared of, or they like fear the weekend because they know they're going to overeat when they go out with their friends and they know they have this problem, but it's kind of like, how do I even begin? Yes. I would say hire a coach, but some people may not be even, even have the ability to do that financially. So what things did you do? Like what were your first steps? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I first realized that I had, I, I needed to make changes. I asked myself, like, who do I, who can I lean on? Who is my support system here? Because obviously I got myself into this situation and right now I'm feeling out of control. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling stuck. What outside of me can I get help from? Depending on your situation with food, you may need to talk to your doctor. You may need to get like professional treatment. Like a coach isn't even always the best option anyways, regardless, like you, if you need, if you're struggling with an eating disorder or anything like that. But if you're saying, you know what, like I don't have an eating disorder, I have disordered eating. What do I do to get myself unstuck? 
I actually went to my boyfriend because the first thing I had to do was start talking about what I was going through. And he was the person that felt the safest for me to talk to in that moment. I've been at that time, I think I had been dating him for like five years already. And the crazy thing is like, he didn't even really realize what was going on. He just saw me, you know, getting healthy, losing weight, whatever, but it wasn't like alarming. However, like inside my own head, I was alarmed because I couldn't keep doing what I was doing, but I was I told him that I was, I couldn't stop binge eating and he didn't really understand. I don't think he even really remembers the conversation um, because I just eaten like, I think like an entire tub of ice cream. And I called him because I was so upset. I was, it was like that line was crossed where I just couldn't handle it anymore. I had to tell someone. So I called him on the phone. I was like, I just ate so much ice cream and, and it it's totally feels insignificant talking about it. But in that moment, that was exactly what I needed to do. I needed to put it out there into the universe in some way so that I could start to deal with it. Because until I made it something I could deal with, it wasn't going to change. People in, I had to talk about it. I had to like tangibly do something with it, with this information. Yeah, no, that's, and I think that's such, I think that's such a good point is, and people think when they're in that moment that they don't have an outlet and no one's going to understand and people might not understand, they might not get it, but you have to explain it to them. And it's so funny because I would say like 90% of people have dealt with this in some way, shape or form. I don't think I've ever met someone that hasn't had either like body image issues, especially women or some kind of food issues, or they don't even realize they have food issues because it's just like how we grow up, the environment we grew up in, the people around us, society, media, how it kind of shapes our, our view of food. And it's, it's so crazy. So for you with your clients, I want to hear some of the things that like, what, like, what are some of the things that you have realized? Cause I think being a coach, I've realized one how many people struggle. That's like the most alarming thing to me is how similar all of our stories are. Like the more women I talk to, I'm like, girl, we're the same. Like we have different stories, but the, at the core of it, it's the same. We're really struggling with body image and we're really struggling with food because that's the one thing that can change our body. And that's the one thing we can control. So for you, what are some things that you've noticed with your clients have been like really successful as far as like tactics to, um, to help them with this? Um, the reason I ask this is I listen to podcasts all the time and when they don't really give tangible advice, it's kind of like, that's really great advice, but like, how do I do that? So I really want, if you have any like specific, like whether that's journaling or whatever, like tangible things that people can kind of take away from this and really start to implement into their life if they feel like they are struggling with something like this. I love that. Yeah. Like what good is information if you can't actually do anything with it? You just feel like understood, but you don't feel like you like solve the problem. Yeah. So the first thing that I find really important is to have an awareness of what's actually going on in your relationship with food. Where is it coming from? It took me a really long time to understand why I got to this place with food in the first place. And until I understood that I couldn't forgive myself for why I struggled. So like I kind of make a timeline, like I write out I wrote out a timeline and I have like my coaching clients do this so that you can see like what major events happened in your life leading up to this point. Why did you feel insecure about your body image? Oh, like for me, it was like growing up and watching my stepsister. It was my dad and my mom. Like I didn't know about this 
until I had to sit back and say, you know what, why was this so hard? Why is this so hard for me? So that I could address those deeper issues. And like, not everyone necessarily has like big, you know, events, but it might just been a comment that someone said. And like, what do you need to let go of? What emotional baggage are you carrying around that you need to deal with in somehow? So I find that actually writing out like a timeline or like journaling in some way, why do you feel the way you do? Like going through those steps of like, okay, I feel insecure about my body. Why? Oh, because I don't like my body. Why? Oh, why don't you like your body? Because um, I always felt not good enough. Why? You know, like really understanding and sitting with yourself so that it's something that you can deal with and you have then some action steps to take from that. Because then when you know, it's like, okay, I don't like my body because I never felt good enough because I was always comparing myself and I felt like no one liked me and I didn't feel like I you know, was getting attention. I didn't have good relationships. I couldn't like date the people I wanted to date because of my body. Then you can say, how do I fix that? Where do I need to find confidence in myself? How can I understand, you know, acceptance and how can I feel beautiful in my own skin? And you start like revealing these layers. So Mm -hmm. that was one thing that I found was really helpful. And then the next thing was talking about this idea of beyond food. Like how do you live a life beyond food and what does that look like for you? Because I find it really hard to heal your relationship with food. If you are not, if you are focusing only like your attention on that, on that particular thing. It's like beating this problem to death with food. And you have to almost have like a lifestyle that supports your healthy relationship with food. And, you know, so what are you doing in your relationships, your career, your finances, your, like just your home life? Like what hobbies do you enjoy? What can you do to, to open up your eyes and give yourself purpose and meaning beyond just your body image and what you eat? Because that will make it easier to make better decisions because it's not like everything is on that. Like the emphasis isn't just on your plate, just on your body. And we want, it's like not a bad thing to want that to be the goal to like, obviously we want food freedom, but sometimes letting go of that perfection is like, is done by not focusing on that thing that we're trying to be perfect at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it even makes me think like you saying that, like in my personal journey, how, you get the freedom when you start to find joy and happiness and all of, and just more when you focus your yourself on different things, like if, if you love to travel or if you love working with kids or if you love like a sport, whatever it is you love and you start to like really just enjoy life in such a broader spectrum and really like are present in those other moments. Because when you are in the moment, when you are in like it, either an eating disorder or disordered eating, it feels like it's consuming you. Like I remember literally all I did was think about food and I thought I was crazy because I mean, I kind of was like, I was, I was not healthy in my head because all I would do is think about food. I think about what I was going to eat next. I thought about what I ate earlier. I think about like what the calories were, like all of those things. And when you start, like, like you just said, when you start to focus on other areas of life that are so meaningful to you, you start to just feel more free because you're like, Oh, there is more to life than food. And there is more to life than how lean I am or what my body fat percentage is or what a number on a scale says to me. Um, and I think going, like going back to that, everything always, for me, at least I always bring it back to like social media and also like just the standards that media and the world has put on us and things that they've told us. So my next question for you is what things 
like how big of a role do you think like media marketing, like just the world plays in disordered eating and everyone having these problems around food? It's, it plays a huge thing because it's, it all comes back to information. What information are we consuming? And for us, like our generation, just pretty much everyone now, but especially our generation and the generations like before, uh, at that come after us, um, we are consuming all of our information through social media. Like mostly in some way, shape or form, we're finding podcasts through social media. We're finding blogs through social media. We're, you know, subscribing to like newsletters that show up in our inbox through social media. And so of course, naturally everything we see like is through social media. I looked at my Instagram app the other day and it was like, yeah, you're spend over four hours on Instagram every day. And I'm like, holy crap. Like that's a lot of hours. Like so much of my life is spent on social. So how can we not be affected by it? And so it's really important to understand that so that you make sure you're following the right people to make sure that you are living a life that is beyond just like food here, beyond social media, whatever is impacting you to have that negative relationship with food in the first place. Because going back to what you said before, like the first thing I would do when I woke up was think like, okay, what am I going to have for breakfast based on what I had last night? And I would literally fall asleep planning my meals for the next day and fall asleep like thinking about like analyzing that, that day, that previous day. And I would wake up and literally take food out of my lunchbox because I was like, that I would bring to work or to school. And, um, because I was like, that's too much food based on what I ate today. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like the amount of things that we put ourselves through based on how we think we need, we need to eat to be healthy. So really making sure your perceptions of food and your body image reflect what you want from your life. And that goes back to like social media. Who are you following? What are, what information are you reading and looking at? And how can you turn that into something positive for you based on your goals, based on what you need so that it actually works for you? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes too, it's almost, it's not like, I know when I first started, it was so innocent. It's not like I, I, I was not the kind of person that was like, okay, I want to give myself disordered eating. I was like, <laughs> I want to get healthy. And so I turned to Pinterest. This was back in like, what, 2013? Like, gosh, I'm, I feel like so old. Like literally 2013. I remember that was, Instagram was not really a thing at that point. And so I turned to Pinterest and I was like, okay, like let's type in like healthy breakfasts or healthy meal plans or whatever. And because there was so little information and it was just what other people may have experienced and what they had put out there, I saw the 1200 calorie meal plans and I saw the flat belly diets and the skinny teas and stuff. And I literally did not know better because I had not been, I mean, and I was pretty educated on health. Like my family, I grew up in a very healthy household. Like I knew what healthy was but still not enough. I still, and I was so like receptive to any information that was put in front of me. So if I saw a girl that had a flat stomach and that looked a way that I wanted to look and I, and she was saying to do eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'd be like, okay. And I, then it's like, then you create these ideas of what healthy looks like and what you have to eat in order to lose weight. And, and that just kind of, it continues over so many years. And then you get to the point, and I think this is the hardest one. And this is actually the tweet that you, I saw of yours that kind of clicked for me. And I was like, okay, I need to talk to this girl. It, when you start to like want to find more free, freedom with food and you do start in, incorporating foods that you may have thought were bad or that you hadn't had for a long time and you felt guilty eating and it's hard and you feel like you're making a mistake, you feel like you're messing up, you're, you feel like you feel like you overate it 
it's your tweet said that means it's working. And I remember reading that and I'm like, that is so true because on this journey of food freedom, you are just undoing all of these social standards that have been put in front of us and things that we've learned. And it's so hard to unlearn those. But once you do and you, you overdo it a little bit and then you can realize, okay, what's, what's actually right for me and in my body and in my life, that struggle is, is what means it's working. And that means, cause and I, and because I'm on the other side now, I can see that I'm like, Oh, all those times I felt like I was overeating and I was throwing away everything because I was trying to find food freedom and it, and it felt icky and it felt hard and it felt like I wasn't doing it right. I actually was because that's part of the journey. You can't just wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, I'm free. I have my food freedom. It's, it takes a lot, a lot of effort. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, and especially too, like we're so desperate to be happy with ourselves and we're putting so like, we're taking that, like that clouds our judgment. So like going back to like the Pinterest thing, like you're, you know, better, but like you, you don't know better because you're willing to sacrifice a lot to get what you want. And I, and I think like recognizing that and being like, you know what, that means it's going to be hard to find the freedom after that because we have sacrificed so much. We were okay with the judge. We were okay with like, with like not eating certain foods because we wanted that body that we wanted. And then knowing that it's going to be a process to undo all of that, to unlearn so that you give yourself enough time and like are patient enough with yourself to actually make those changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And And I think the biggest thing my clients struggle with is that process and is that emotional roller coaster it takes you on because you're just, you are, it's like, you know, you want to find freedom, you know, you want to not have a crazy, just like restrictive relationship with food, but also you want to stay lean. That's girls biggest issues. I'm literally looking at the questions people have asked me and they're like, how do you practice food freedom and not gain a bunch of weight? And my answer always is sometimes you might have to gain a little bit of weight, but you have to want to fix your relationship with food more than you want to stay a certain body fat percentage. And it's possible, but also you have to let go of a number. You have to let go of a a body type. You have to let go of what your ideas of perfection or of body goals are because your relationship with food and your relationship with yourself is so much bigger than that. Mm, That's so true. Like one of the things that I always talk about too is like, you have to create a foundation of food freedom, like a really strong foundation of having a healthy relationship with food first. And that means like unlearning a lot of that stuff because it's all, it's so much like emotional and mental baggage that you have about food in your body. And you need to just unlearn that. So you can have a foundation of saying, you know what, I need to be in a position where going forward, I can make the right decision for me, but I have to have a clean slate, a really strong foundation of knowing who I am, knowing what food means to me, knowing that no matter what happens to my body or my food, like I'm going to be okay. And I can love myself no matter what. And I can really just go forward with confidence. And then once you get to that place where you have that foundation, that's when you can say, okay, I want to make an adjustment here because now like maybe I gained weight with food freedom, but I feel, you know, I feel like I went a little bit to the other side. That's totally normal because you're learning and it's a process to like feel okay around all these foods. You're learning how to eat them again. Mm -hmm. And, and that's normal. And then you can go forward knowing that, you know what, like I know what doesn't work for me. So I can't fix this by doing the same tactics I did before, but I can do this by making this smaller adjustment and working with somebody on this thing. So that way you don't end up back in the extreme again. 
You need that foundation to keep you grounded. So if you do want to make a change with your body, because hey, it's your body, you can do whatever you want to do. It's who am I to say what you want your body to look like or what you want to eat or how you want to live your life. It's not for me to say at all. So, but I, but what I would say as advice is just build a strong foundation so that when you go forward to make changes in the future, you can do it without getting into disordered habits. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's the beauty now of having more information out there on social media, having accounts like yours, like mine, like so many women who are preaching like real and like, not just, just like bikini competitions. And this is what you need to do to like there. People are learning what's normal. Again, I think that we kind of lost ourselves like between like 2013, 2016 on social media, because everyone was like, let's be in prep. And like, that's normal to like track and weigh your food every meal. Like that's not normal. Like I would watch YouTube video after YouTube video of girls in bikini prep. And I never did a show. I never, I, there was like a week where I was like, maybe I'll compete. And then I was like, Gabby, you've worked so damn hard to fix your relationship with food. Why would you mess it up now? Thank God. But I still, I saw them being so successful on social media and getting so much attention and being someone who I just started my fitness Instagram. So like I wanted to be popular on social media too. And I wanted to build a platform. And so at the beginning of my platform, it was so like track your macros, weigh your food, do this because that's what everyone else was doing. And I saw that and I was like, well, they look good and they're doing great. So like, I'm going to do that too. And it's kind of like, it was just like this fad, but I don't think we really realized what we were doing to ourselves mentally and physically. Cause if you look back now, like I have a couple, like, I'm not going to name names, but I have a couple people that I remember I looked up. So I looked up to them so much and every single one of them, myself included, we've all kind of been through the same pattern of like, we were tracking, we were weighing, we were being super restrictive. We kind of realized, okay, this is not doable long-term and this is not sustainable. So we gained a little bit of weight. We all gained a little bit of weight. And then we were like, okay, freaked out. Let's try and cut cut again. Went back into a little bit disordered eating ways, but did it a little bit better this time. And then again, then kind of found our happy medium. And now it's like people are doing the body positive thing. And some people are kind of taking that and like running with it. And it's just, it's crazy because I think you can avoid it from the beginning. If you don't, look up to these people that are doing extreme competitions. You don't look up to people who are doing things that are out of the norm. Like if you don't track and weigh your food for, if you don't need to do that for medical reasons, you don't need to do that. Like that's just so not a normal way to feed a human body. Yes. I mean, we're looking for control. Like we're looking for somebody to tell us how to literally take something that we're so unhappy with and then make it into something that's very easy, step-by-step direction. And that's, I think, what attracts us to that restrictive behavior in the first place, because it's easy. Yes, no, like this amount of food or not. And then we look for that easy answer instead of wanting to like figure out what works for our bodies. And that's what sucks us in. And that's how we get (laughs) all trapped into that. Mm -hmm. I I just thought about um, going back, it's kind of going back to your last point. So one of your tweets was about ice cream and you're going to be like, wow, she really does read all my things. Like I literally read all your, all your posts. Like I'm, I'm a fangirl. Um, so one of your tweets about ice cream and I saved it and sent it to my clients and I, because I felt it so deep in my core, but my thing is granola. So I, I forget exactly what your tweet said, but it was something along the lines of I've had ice cream in my fr- in my freezer now for the past two months. And I haven't binged on it once because I have had it in my freezer and you know, kind of what I'm saying. So for me, it's granola. And my, if you're an OG follower, you know this, but like my, like, it's not even a fear food. It's just like, I would not allow myself to buy it because I would overeat it. I'm obsessed with granola. 
I'm to the point now where like, so my first, my first steps were like, okay, let's just start buying granola. It's like, let's just start buying it. And I'm going to overread it a few times. I'm going to have too much and get annoyed with myself, but it gets to the point after like a month where you're like, holy shit, I don't want any more granola. Like I've, I've, I've had enough. And now it's not a luxury food to me. It doesn't seem so like special and like that I need it all the time because it's literally always there. And that is the coolest feeling ever when there's a food that you, and I'm sure you can agree with this because I think yours is probably ice cream when there's a food that you are so scared to have because you're so fearful that you're going to overeat and then like hate yourself when you can have that food in your fridge or in your pantry at all times and have no fear around overeating it because you know that it's always there. So I just didn't know if there was like any things that you do with your clients to kind of help them with this. Cause I think that that's the biggest issue is people are like, well, I want to do food freedom, but I'm so scared to buy those foods because I know I'm going to overeat them. Mm, I think it's really getting people comfortable with knowing that it's okay. If you accidentally overeat the food in the process, like getting people to realize like, you know what, it's normal. Like what you just said like you knew that you'd probably overeat it you get frustrated with yourself and like that is part of the learning process like so much of food freedom is the mindset part of being okay with figuring it out and making mistakes because unless you allow yourself to make mistakes you're not going to learn and you have to like be okay with that because obviously avoiding the food isn't going to fix the problem so if avoiding it isn't going to fix the problem, then you have to figure out a way to allow it. But then you run into the dilemma of if you allow it, you're going to be upset too. So it feels like a, like a lose-lose situation. So we have to turn that around and say, you know what, allow that food, allow yourself to eat as much as you need to, to stop feeling out of control around it, make it a safe food again for yourself, make it, you know, I love that, how you said a luxury food. Um, like, allow yourself to be comfortable around it. Don't make it a scary thing, but it has to be around you. You have to have access to it for you to conquer that fear so that you can feel comfortable and safe because that in the end, it's, it sucks because it's a longer term strategy. Nothing with food freedom is like a band-aid fix. It's not a quick fix. It's a long-term strategy of really making sustainable changes in your life, like long-term. So just that awareness of it and making sure that you know, and you have realistic expectations. Like that's really like a huge part of what I do with my clients. Like making sure you understand that it's not perfect and you're probably going to mess up and it's okay no matter what, because it's going to be worth it in the end. And you just have to figure out how to trust that process because Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's freaking hard. But if you want to, and you're ready to actually make that change, like if you hit that point where you're ready, then you'll do it. If you're not ready, you're probably not going to do it. It's going to be harder. But if you can find a way to trust and you're ready, then you'll be able to eat that food. Yeah. Wow. Yes. It's so, it's just like, it's so crazy when I have these conversations, especially with people who get it. And I'm sure everyone listening can agree with this, but when you've been through an emotional relationship with food, as far as like, whether it was an eating disorder or disordered eating, any kind of just like weird time with food. And you kind of think, especially if you've kind of overcome it a little bit and you think back on it, it's so crazy to think about the things that we did to ourselves and the things that we thought. And so one of my questions, one of the questions that uh, a girl actually asked was, uh, how do you keep yourself from overindulging, but still allowing yourself that unhealthy meal? And it kind of relates to what we were just talking about, but is there anything specifically you tell your clients? Because I think that's people, that's people's biggest fear is, well, I want food freedom, but 
how, like, how do I make sure I'm not going to overindulge? And I think it kind of goes back to what you just said, like you might overindulge, but my question for you is how do you keep that hope, I guess, alive? Because if someone say they're like, okay, let's do this food freedom thing. Let's really try and balance this weekend. I'm going to go out to eat and kind of order what I want. Say they, they order what they want, but then they also go home and they keep eating, they keep eating. How, what would your advice be to someone who is in that position where they're trying food freedom, but they just keep overindulging or in their words, even maybe binging? Um, how do you, yeah, keep them going and like give them hope to know that they're, they can, they can get through this. Mm. So a couple of things, like one of the first things I thought of was it was really helpful for me to eat with people and to like, if I was going to go out, like, look at what everyone's like, okay. So let me back up for a second. Make sure you're looking up to people who have healthy relationships with food, not just people who are good at dieting and like good at being restrictive, like people who genuinely, like genuinely can go out, order what they want, eat the right amount for them, not feel guilty, not like bash their bodies. Like, I don't even know if you, you might be surrounded by people who only eat that way, but but make sure you're going, you're surrounding yourself and looking up to people who can go out to eat and do those things that you want and who have food freedom. So that way you can actually see what it looks like in real life. I think we have like a lot of expectations for what food freedom looks like and like how much we should be able to eat without, you know, wanting to overindulge after. Um, so that was really helpful going out to eat with people like that, seeing what they were eating and just allowing myself to say, you know what? like they eat a lot more food than I thought, like I have been allowing myself or they eat completely different than how I have been allowing myself to eat. So ordering what you want that way and just looking up to people. And then if you keep coming home and eating after, like you need to ask yourself like why that's happening. Is it because you've been restricted for so long and you're just super hungry and like maybe you need to just not be restrictive at all for a while. Like that's totally a normal phase of overcoming like binges or emotional eating or whatever. And then just having that grace and compassion with yourself to say, it's okay if you eat too much for a little while, like it's totally okay. And then even like talking about it and being able to like go home and, and just like recognize that like, no matter what happens, it's okay because you are working on your relationship with food. Exactly. And I think that that's the biggest thing is people don't realize like that, like you just said, it's okay. Like I I actually just had this conversation with a client yesterday. She was like, but I I feel, I feel like I've gained weight and I feel like, like my clothes like aren't fitting as, as well as they did. Cause she just went on vacation and she was gone for a long time. And I was like, it's okay. You just went on a trip abroad and you were gone doing incredible things. And there's so many other forms of progress. It does not always have to be physical. And if you have to gain a a tiny bit of weight for your mental, social, emotional health to recover, it's okay because you're not stuck like that. You have, I always tell my clients, like you literally have forever to work out. You have forever to work out and eat healthy. You have your whole life to go to the gym every freaking day if you wanted. So if there's a brief sliver in your lifetime where you need to take a step back and be like, okay, like this is what I know I need to do in order to fix this, it's going to be so worth it in the long run. And you literally have your whole entire life to lose a little bit of weight again, or make sure you're more consistent in the gym or eat a little healthier. But for it's like for that 
for you right now in your life, do you like ask yourself people listening, do you need to maybe take a little bit of a break? Do you need to give yourself some slack? Do you need to stop restricting yourself from foods that you know you're restricting yourself from and it's causing overeating? I don't know if you can agree with this, Brie, but I would say, and I, I say this again, it's not, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, an eating disorder coach, but, or therapist or anything, but I would say the number one cause of binge eating is restriction. Yeah. yeah. Would you agree with that? Because mm-hmm. I get so many girls, I'd say it's the most common thing I get is how do I stop overeating? How do I stop binge eating? Why, what, like, like, what can I do to stop? I keep binge eating and it's like, okay, well, what are you restricting? What foods are you not allowing yourself? What foods are you telling yourself are not good for you or are bad? And it's like the second you can allow yourself to have those, even if it means in, in excess for a little bit, it's ju- it just gets better. And I go back to your tweet where you're like, that means it's working. When you're doing that and you're allowing yourself to not be restricted, even if you are overeating, that means the process has started towards freedom. Mm. I mean, I just... I just love everything you said. That's exactly how I feel. And that's exactly how I talk to my clients about it because you have to be okay with like knowing that food is hard. And like, this is like a mental game that you're playing here too, because when you're restricted, like that food has so much power over you. So like, of course, of course, everyone, when you allow that food back into your life, you're going to feel like out of control around it because it had so much power over you for so long. And like, that's not your fault that you feel like you can't control how much you're eating it. And like, just knowing that like there is an end to that period. Like one of my favorite things, if you're really interested in this topic is a new book um, by Caroline Duner called the fuck it diet. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. But no, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. The fuck it diet. And it's really helpful about this because it goes into like a little bit more of the science on it. If you're interested, that's but- actually really cool. I'm going to, I'll put that in the show notes because I've heard of that book before, but I hadn't actually like, I haven't like looked into it. Yeah, one of my clients actually sent it to me because she read it and she sent it to me over Audible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I just listened to it and I literally listened to the entire thing in like two days because mm-hmm. it just, it was such a, like, it just like proved to me everything that I had went through and everything I experienced and everything I had already read and learned about was so true because the way she talked about it was just, was like my experience. And so what we're talking about here is a real thing. Like you need after restriction, like you need to eat the foods and you're probably going to feel like you're eating all the foods for a while until you've proved to yourself that you're not going to restrict anymore. Because the minute you go back and restrict, that's when you're going to feel like compelled to eat all the foods again. Because And it's like, once you start that process, it's kind of hard to undo it. And if you resist that process, resist that like unrestricted process and you try to restrict again, it's like the food just comes back harder. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like eat me like even more. And, and so you have to kind of be willing to like surrender a little bit to the process and value your relationship with food. Going back to that foundation that we were talking about earlier, like creating that foundation, allowing all foods, finding a way to like accept everything and put more emphasis on your entire life and not just your body and food so that you can get through this phase. Because mm-hmm. like you were saying with you have your entire life to work out and you healthy and blah, blah, blah. Like you need to create a foundation first so that you can do all those things if you want, but you need to be able to be in a position to do them without going into extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you a question, but honestly, I'd say 90% of the questions that I got for you on my Instagram had to do with 
like gaining weight and like literally someone's like gaining weight, overeating. Someone else said sometimes, especially at night, I never feel satisfied and keep eating. I think we've done a pretty good job of covering that. Um, like the whole, like gaining weight and overeating and all of that stuff. One question that I got was, I thought was really interesting. What would you, what do you, not even what's your opinion on, but how do you deal with someone who has, whether it's an allergy or an intolerance, um, as far as like, say they, they really do have like a gluten intolerance. It's not just something they, cause I used to say I was, I needed to be gluten-free just to be able to restrict foods. Yeah. But, um, if they actually need to be gluten-free or they can't eat, like I'm a vegetarian, well, I'm pescatarian and that's just like a personal choice. And I've come to so much peace with that, knowing that it has nothing to do with calories. It's all in my ethical decisions. And so I, I feel like I'm in a really good place with this, but I wanted to know if you had any advice or tips or anything for someone who's really wanting to find food freedom, but they do have to have some rules, I guess, around food for their internal health. Right. Then I say, that's okay. Like you need rules to be healthy. Like, okay. So the way I look at food freedom is kind of like a Venn diagram. There's happiness and there's healthiness and they intersect like in this magical place in the center that is food freedom. And it's not going to be perfectly in balance. Like, you know, sometimes you're going to lean towards health and sometimes you're going to lean towards happiness. And we're not talking about like, we're talking about happiness in a very like general way. Um, and so your center, that food freedom center between happiness and healthiness can't include gluten. If you're gluten intolerant, like you have to make peace with that, knowing that you have to do what is going to make you feel good because you're not going to be happy if you're feeling really, really sick from eating gluten. So like, obviously you have to then, everything has to be customized. Everything has to work for you on a really individual and personal level. And like, that's okay. And like, don't feel bad about that. And that doesn't mean that you're doing food freedom wrong because you can't eat certain foods. Like that's not what it's about here. It's about being in a place with food where you can make decisions for you. It doesn't look a certain way. There's no particular balance between healthy eating and indulging or whatever you want to call like good, bad food, whatever it is. You don't need, it doesn't look a certain way. You mm -hmm. have to do what works for you. Don't compare yourself to anyone. Stop comparing yourself to everyone else. At night, when you're just like by yourself, when you have some peace, what does your food freedom look like? Like, what way do you want to eat? Like, how does that make you feel? Like, it has to be in line with like the routine that you have during the day. Like, it has to align with like the hours that you work. Like, like it has to align with like your daily activity. If you're working out a lot, like obviously you're probably gonna need to fuel that with like more food than someone who's not working out at all. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And you have to make sure that you're taking care of you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it has to align with your personal preferences and your dietary needs and all that stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, it's crazy. And as you're saying that, I was just thinking of an example. Like, well, I always, I always say that food freedom looks different for everybody because, like, your version of food freedom is going to look completely different from what I maybe feel is my version of food freedom. And that also changes on your journey towards more freedom and a more clear, like clear freedom. Cause maybe what I, I thought I was balanced three years ago. I was like, yeah, like I'm balanced, but like, hell no, I was still really struggling up here. And so knowing that everybody is on their own journey and I think not comparing your, your personal food freedom journey to someone else's is so important. Cause I know one of my best friends was kind of on her own food freedom journey and I was as well. And I would, if she, if I saw her order a salad or I saw her eating healthy or something like that I'd kind of be like, Oh, that's not food freedom. Like you're obviously restricting right now. Like you're obviously like, like I would almost judge others and then judge myself. And, or if I saw them 
only eating bad foods, I'd be like, okay, well, that's not food freedom either. Like you're just being unhealthy now. And I was very judgmental when I first started this process because I was on my own journey and I didn't know what it should look like. So I would urge people too that are just starting this to really drop all judgments of yourself and of others and realize that this is just, it's your journey to worry about. It's your journey to this. And everyone's going to go about it in a different way. There's going to be different foods that are going to trigger people and that they're going to need to work on. And at the end of like, kind of going back to what you just said about like, what is your version of food freedom and what is like, you need to do what's good for you. I always tell my clients, you have to do the kindest thing for your body. If you're at the restaurant and you're like, man, I've been, I feel really blah right now because I've eaten just so much crap the past week. Like my body is craving a salad right now. Like I really, truly, I need a fresh salad. Then that is the kind, free, amazing option for you. But if you're sitting there and you keep staring at the mac and cheeseburger and you're like, I really freaking want that, but I feel like I have to order a salad, then that's where you kind of draw the line. And you're like, okay, what do you truly want? And then not judging that. And then if your friend orders a salad, not being feeling like you have to order that salad, you need to do what's best for you, you in that moment. And what's the kindest thing for your body. And I think that's really difficult for people to figure out. Oh, it's so difficult. I, I love what you just said. And it goes to this whole thing of like knowing that it's not a routine anymore. Like you may have started your journey with food, like wanting to be perfectly regimented, perfectly structured, perfectly routine so that you could be consistent. But like the thing with food freedom is it's not consistent. Like you're allowed to change your mind and your, your food freedom yesterday might look completely different from today, from tomorrow. That's the whole idea of it. And I think that's the hardest part to wrap our brains around because we want it to just be clear cut. We want to be able to say, okay, I feel successful. I did it right, but there's no doing it right. And like, that's hard. That's hard to wrap around because you just want to succeed. You just want to be there. You want to make it, but like, that's not what it's about. It's Mm -hmm. based on how you feel, how you feel about yourself, your body and food and allowing yourself to just change from day to day and like being okay with that and learning to be comfortable with that and having that kindness to yourself and to your body, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always talk about pivoting and shifting with the seasons of life. So whatever season you're in right now is what you need to kind of go with. Um, Anything else? I think that honestly, I think that we've covered, I just looked through the questions again and we honestly, without even having to read them, we covered most of them because I think the most common question was how do I practice food freedom and not gain weight or how do I not overindulge? And I think we did a really good job of touching on that. So I just want to give you the space. Well, one, I have a final question, but I also, before we do that, I want to give you the time to talk about um, your coaching um, any socials that you want to promote or website or anywhere people can find you to get more information because obviously we're both coaches, but you're very much specifically a food freedom coach, which is incredible. And, um, I, there's some people that they really, really need that. So I want them to be able to find you if they want to work with you. That'd be awesome. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, you guys can find me at Bree Shook on Instagram. It's B-R-E-E-S-H-O-O-K. That literally, it's also breeshook.com. But if you go to either place, um, you can find my one-to-one coaching. And I also have a 30-day online program. It's totally online. There's also an online coaching group. It's a self-paced program. So there's videos, workbooks, guides. Like You can really walk yourself through this journey of food freedom, starting with that awareness and then ending up at this life beyond food and really just creating this foundation where you can take back control from food so that you can live the life that you actually really want to live 
kids that you love that makes you happy. Um, yeah, so that's that's really where you can find me. I'd love for you to come say hi. Perfect. That's awesome. I will definitely, I'll make sure I link those in the show notes, show notes below so people can easily click on it and, and find you and follow you. And guys, I really like, I have a list of people I suggest like my, my clients and my followers follow. Cause I think the people you follow on social media is so important. I didn't think it was that important until I actually did a social media cleanse and it literally is life-changing. And I would definitely suggest adding Brie into your timeline. It's just those, those tweets and those posts and those captions that you read and you're like, wow, yes. Like they're the ones that you save to come back to because it's just, everybody needs that in their life. Um, and then my final question is, so the name of the podcast is the Evolve Your Life podcast. And I want to ask you what things have really evolved your life and made you into who you are today. And then if you have any like final advice, tips, or just final words for people. Yeah. So the thing that has evolved my life the most is having really amazing relationships in my life. Um, my relationship with my boyfriend is really important just because he is my best friend. I've never been like a girl's girl. Like I haven't had a lot of girlfriends. So that just was naturally like the evolution of me. Um, and that has changed me for the better because when you work really hard in your relationships, you learn so much about yourself. You learn how to be a good listener and a good partner and a, like a good teammate and just to support other people and realize that it's in, in such a kind way to yourself, it's not all about you. And that helped me so much. It, it gave me awareness about the world, about just how I wanted to present myself in this life here. And that completely changed me. So if you can be like a good person to, you know, your parents, your, your family, whoever, your friends, your partner, that really is just like the number one thing that has taught me how to be the person that I really want to be. So that would be my thing that has evolved my life. And then just the last piece of advice, I guess, is just to be kind to yourself and like to understand that everything is a process and a journey. And even us here, like me and Gabby, we don't have everything figured out. We're just always like on this roller coaster trying to do the best we can and realizing that like, hey, we're all just here to do the best we can. We're all just trying to make the best decisions. We don't always have all the answers. We can't see the future. Like be kind to yourself right now. And it pays off like so much in the future. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And it's so true. I do not have it all figured out. Like it's, I even go back to some of my posts from a year ago and I'm like, when I thought I had it all figured out and I thought I was doing really good and I'm like, damn, you've like even grown since then. So it honestly, it excites me to see, to think like, okay, well, where am I going to be in two years? Where am I going to be in 10 years? You know? Um, and I think that's, what's so great about personal growth when you do step on this journey of just uh, evolving your life and really like elevating your life and elevating yourself as a person it's exciting because you know that you're just going to continue to grow. Yes, there's going to be setbacks, but you're continuously growing and that's exciting. And that makes life worth freaking living because you're just like, well, what's next? And it puts you on this positive frequency. And I absolutely love that. So I just want to say thank you so much. This has been incredible. Like not only for everyone listening, I know I'm going to get so much feedback on this one, but for me as well, it's so nice to talk to someone who gets it. And you can, I can like, I, I, I know we know what each other are saying when it comes to this stuff because we have been on very similar journeys. And I think mostly everyone has. And I hope my hope is that the people that listen, are listening to this and they may be in that struggle, it gives them some hope to see that like, wow, they're saying things and like they're very much saying this is exactly how I'm feeling. Well, you should know that, yes, that's exactly how you're feeling because we've been there and we've also gotten through it. So it is possible. And I hope they can take every piece of advice that we both have given and just implement it into their life and 
hopefully get to where they need to be with their relationship with food and with themselves. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Your podcast is amazing. You are amazing. I appreciate everything you do, everything you say. You just put so much positivity and like good energy out into this world and you're showing people that there's hope and they can always do it. And it just makes me smile. It makes me feel like so happy inside because we need more people who are going to spread that kind of energy. You make me so happy. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening and I will see you guys in the next episode of Evolve Your Life. Be sure to follow Brie for all the information, for all the positive energy, food freedom advice, all of that. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.